If you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you know that I was in the convent for about three and a half years. This week actually marks the one year anniversary of when I left. When I was in the convent, I really felt like I had everything figured out. I felt like I had found my purpose in life. Everything was really good. Even the things that were challenging were in some mysterious way life-giving. But it became very clear at a certain point that Jesus was doing something else in my life. That Jesus wanted to do a deeper level of healing and give me some space so that he could really go in and do that healing that just was not possible while I was in religious formation. I tried really, really hard to make it work. And as Jesus was showing me over and over again and saying, no, I know this is so good. Please trust me that I have something better in mind with you. I really fought with him every step of the way. That last day when I walked out of the convent, when I hugged all of the sisters goodbye, it was maybe, probably, definitely one of the hardest things that I have ever done. I let go of what I wanted to do, but I had claw marks as I was letting go, as I was surrendering to God's will. But fortunately for us, Jesus is not like me. I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and Jesus loves you, this I know, because he became a man. I covered a little bit in the last episode. If you missed it, I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to it because it flows right into today's episode. And I mentioned that it can be hard to relate to God as a man, hard to relate to God as a father, because we have certain experiences of fathers, certain experiences of men, and they may not always be positive. So there's been a real push in the church, and I want to, I guess, validate it, that God does not have a gender. That yes, God is neither male nor female, and that is because God is purely spiritual. God is all spirit. However, he has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Spirit. Sometimes you hear people refer to God as Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier, and those are terms that reveal to what God does. But as a person, God has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Spirit. So he doesn't have a gender, God is neither male nor female, but he has revealed himself, his name, to be Father, Son, and Spirit. And I do want to point out that there are places in scripture where God reveals himself to have feminine attributes. This reality that because he's neither male nor female, he encompasses maleness, he encompasses femaleness. And one of my favorite quotes is actually, well, it's probably one of my favorite books in the Bible, if not my favorite. And it's from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And here's the quote. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, God says, but I will not forget you. And so here God is revealing himself to be like the mother nursing the child of Israel, the mother caring for us, that that is what God does. But Jesus constantly refers back to his father, that his father sent him, that he reveals the father. If God has no gender, Why does he reveal himself to be father? Why did he become a man? And this is where we have to go back to what I was talking about in the last episode, because here's the reality. God the Son did not become a woman. He united himself to all of humanity, but God himself became a man. He refers to himself 
as father. So we have to go back to the last episode and talk about how it is that Jesus loves us, what he has revealed in creating men. We talked about what God reveals through women too, right? That he reveals all of humanity's purpose, that women are meant to be recipients of love, not passive recipients. They're meant to be very active in receiving love, receiving it and bearing new life, pushing it back out into the world. Really, humanity is called to be God's spouse. All of humanity is called to receive and be in that position of receiving God's love. So God refers to himself as father, not to scare us, not to establish his dominance. And he becomes a man for our sake so that we will understand God as father. We don't fear him. We trust him. When we understand God's power, again, we don't fear it. We surrender to it because we know that his power is love. Jesus has become a man so that we would know that God will give us everything, that God will sacrifice absolutely everything for love of us. And some people think that Jesus may have been married. I know that was a big plot in the Da Vinci Code, like what is going on with Mary Magdalene? This is very clearly rejected in the Catholic tradition, and it's connected to the fact that Jesus does have a spouse, and it's the church, that Jesus was totally and is totally devoted to someone. He is totally laying down his life, constantly giving of himself for someone, and it's all of us in the church. And this idea of Jesus as a man is especially difficult for those of us who may have had negative male relationships especially father figures. And I think of this friend that I had growing up who would say, I trust Jesus. It's God that I'm not so sure about. This idea that, yes, we can look at Jesus's whole life and see that he was a good man. He never hurt anybody. He laid everything down. He held nothing back. He was not concerned about making himself out to be a big deal. But that's not how all of the other men in my life are. That when we think of power, we think of people taking advantage of it. And so it's natural to relate that back to God. Here's where I want to say that Jesus as a man, God becoming a man, can be deeply, deeply healing. In the last episode, we talked about how sin can distort the image of God. Sin distorts the fact that God has given power so that it can be laid down. And so Jesus comes back as a man with no sin. He did not sin. He is the perfect man. He comes back so that the distorted image of God that we have from the people in our lives who have extorted their power over us so that he can correct it. Jesus came back. He became a man so that we would know that God has given everything for us, that God is not in it for himself, that everything exists because he loves us and we can trust him. Now, I always get nervous in episodes when Jesus is the main topic, and it's happened a few times already in the podcast. I love him. We have a great relationship, but there's this reality that theology is a mystery. And so I always bring it up. I constantly remind you that I am not an expert, that a lot of times as I plan these episodes, even sometimes while I'm in the middle of talking, I'll have to stop and then go back and delete some things that I think might be a heresy because really we are on this journey together. We are working this out together. I do my best to be in a place of prayer when I plan and record these episodes to really be guided by the Holy Spirit, but I'm unpacking this mystery alongside you. 
And so that's why I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you because I can't wrap my mind around any of this that we talk about. Definitely can't wrap my mind around God's love. None of us can because it's a mystery. So I will always leave things out when I talk on this podcast. That's where I invite you to take this to prayer so that you can build upon it. So that whatever I say, you can say, oh, that didn't sit quite right with me, Jesus. Why was that? And so we can constantly go deeper and deeper into this mystery of God's love. Really excited. That means that there is no end date for the podcast. We'll just constantly be going deeper. Now, I've had other episodes about Jesus where I thought I might be hitting heresy. I haven't heard from any bishops yet. So I just want to start out and establish that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Jesus did not just become a man, although he did, but he united himself to human nature. He was really God who entered into humanity. Jesus, and he still is a man, he still is in heaven with his body, as we talked about several episodes ago. But Jesus was a man who reveals God the Father to us. The beginning of the Gospel of John says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God the Father, and the Word was God. So we know that God has existed from before time began, he's eternal and he's powerful. Everything that exists, you and I, and everything around us exists because of him. He is the ultimate reason for everything. He is the one that has all power. Now, Jesus is this same God who existed from all eternity, who has all power. He's the word through which the world was created, and he reveals that power to us when he's on earth. So he does things like he turns water into wine, He walks on water. And I love that phrase when Jesus calms the storm at sea and the disciples say, who is this that even the wind and the storms obey him? So they recognize him as having this power. There's this powerful image from this new series called The Chosen, which follows Jesus. It's a very different depiction of the apostles. And I love it. If if you haven't seen it, you can watch it on YouTube. Again, that's called The Chosen. But in the first episode, Mary Magdalene is shown reciting this verse from the prophet Isaiah about how God has created her, God has formed her, and he loves her, and she is his. And what's so powerful about this quote is that she learns it from the prophet Isaiah, and then Jesus speaks the same words to her. He says, blessed are you, Jacob, for I who created you, I who formed you have come to redeem you. That the same God who was spoken about in the prophets has become a man in Jesus Christ. So first, he exhibits his power because that's what everyone thinks about with God. He exhibits his power in miracles and he heals. He does physical and spiritual healing. He comes right where people are. He shows that he's powerful. And then in his teaching, he shows that yes, God is powerful, but it's not the human kind of power. Instead of establishing it over others, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn. It is a power that pours itself out. God doesn't just talk the talk in Jesus, though. He walks the walk because ultimately Jesus sacrifices it all. His unity to the Father has not been sacrificed in his humanity, but he experiences pouring it all out, experiencing the ultimate weakness of humanity. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
those same words similar to what probably you and I have spoken on many occasions. God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? That's what Jesus says from the cross. He pours it all out for love of us. There was no other reason except that he loves us. He became a man who had everything. Literally, no man has had as much as Jesus had because he is God. And he poured it out to the point of saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? St. Paul says this beautifully in the letter to the Philippians. He says, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but rather he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This really highlights how Jesus poured out everything. Jesus did not hold the power that he had because he was God and use it for himself. St. Paul said he didn't exploit it, but he poured himself out. In all of this, we've been talking about the reciprocal nature of when we pour out ourselves, when we don't hold on to the power that we have, then that frees us up to receive all that God wants to give us. And St. Paul continues along those same lines. He says, Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And that's not just so that Jesus would be exalted. Jesus's prize was not the fact that people would love him. His prize is the fact that we would receive his love. That is what exalts God. Because he has poured it out, it frees us up to receive it. Us receiving his love in that place as his spouse, that is the glory of God. Not when we do huge things for him, but when we receive his love. That's how we know that Jesus loves us, because he became a man who gives us everything. Again, God did not pour himself out just so that we would pat him on the back. He poured himself out so that we could trust him. When we look on the cross, he's saying to you and to me, do you believe me now? This is for you. I'm giving up everything for you. Will you please trust me now? God saw our wounds. He saw the reality that our own fathers and men in our lives would disappoint us in big or small ways. He saw how many of us would feel that we could not trust anyone but ourselves. He came to heal these wounds. In becoming a man, Jesus looks at us from the cross and says, Do you trust me now? And just in case the answer is no, he dies. He holds back nothing. All of humanity is called to receive this love that pours forth from God as he's crucified on the cross. But the only way that we can receive it is to pour everything out that we have. All of our power, all of our pride, we let it go so that we can be filled with the love that comes from his heart. There's a Greek word for this. It's called kenosis. It's translated as like a self-emptying, as a pouring out of ourselves. Because as we pour out ourselves, we become filled with God's love. 
He's constantly trying to pour out and reveal his love to us, but we can only know how good it is if we create space for it. This is true freedom. This is the true freedom that Jesus came to give us, that we could pour out everything, that we would hold on to nothing because we would trust and believe that God would give us everything. I talk often about divine providence, and it's really one of my favorite things to talk about because this is where the rubber meets the road, is when we find ourselves really in a place where we cannot possibly provide for ourselves, and God does it for us. This is freedom when we know that it doesn't depend only on ourselves, when we can really trust God, when we can have all good things and not hold on to them too tightly. I started this episode by talking about when I was in the convent and when I realized that God might be calling me to do something else and how painful that was. But really, God had given me a grace several years before that was the beginning of the freedom that I would need. And I'd been in the convent for about a year at that point, and I was feeling really, really good. I was like, this is totally what I was made to do. I was happy with everything. I loved it. And as I was praying, I got to this point where I realized that all that I really wanted, even more than becoming a sister, was to do God's will. All I wanted was to follow God's plan for my life. And it was this weird kind of painful realization because I loved being a sister so much. And the idea that there was something that I loved even more than that, that I loved God's will and that I would follow God even if he took away this thing that I loved so much that that was my priority, that was beautiful and painful. And so as life went on and God gave me the grace to stay in the convent, I held on to that and remembered that the only reason that I was there was because that was what God wanted at that time. There's real freedom in being able to lay down and let go even of the things that are most precious to us. That's what Jesus has shown us in becoming a man. Sometimes things look really, really messy. Sometimes they get worse. You can imagine the apostles when they were seeing Jesus do all these miracles and they were like, yes, 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 this is it. And then Good Friday comes and he dies. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? They had to let go of their own ideas of who Jesus was and how he would save us. We will have real reasons that we can point to that will make us feel like we can't trust God. Just like I said, we can look at the cross and say, that's how much God loves me. Look, how can I not trust him? We can also look at the cross and say, look, God died. How can you possibly trust him? You can look at the same thing, either through the lens of God's love or through the lens of our own will that would avoid suffering on this earth in order to just have an easy life. The reality is, is that God can do anything. Yes, he died on that cross and he came back three days later. Jesus became a man just so that he would sacrifice everything for us so that we can receive everything from him. This week's episode has been really, really heavy in scripture. And the reason that that's been has been, again, because talking about masculinity, talking about God becoming a man... We need to make sure that we are not following our own sense of masculinity that has been twisted by sin. That when we talk about God as a man, we're not talking about God being dominating against our will. 
remember God always respects our free will. That's something that I probably haven't mentioned as much in this podcast episode as I should have. I've talked about it in times before, about how God's love doesn't force himself on us. That's not love. God leaves us free to accept or reject his love. As a result, in specific moments, sometimes through our entire lives, it's possible that we will reject his love. What he is doing to reveal his love to us, we can easily see as God trying to destroy us because of this twisted sense of protection, of caring that we have. But Jesus, over and over again in the scriptures, God, especially in the Old Testament, when he talks about how he cares for the Jewish people, shows that he is not here to establish domination. He is here to incorporate us into his very life. So this is a reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches him and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from the Father. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go right into prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, you are the Good Shepherd. In our lives, we confuse you with being many other things, with being the hired hand, with being someone who seeks to dominate. But you, Lord, freely lay down your life and pick it up again. Lord, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our minds, into our very being, so that all that we are will proclaim your praise, so that we will truly believe that we can trust you. Lord, we pray in reparation for people who have done things in your name that are not representative of your love. Lord, we pray that as we seek to become more like you, Like you, we will pour out ourselves. We will hold nothing back so that your life may reign in this world. It is a reign that honors freedom, that respects dignity, and that spreads, that multiplies instead of divides. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. After reading from the gospel, I just felt really drawn into prayer, into this reminder that, yes, God is not the hired hand who is only looking out for himself. He doesn't run away when the wolf comes. He lays down his life for us. That brings us to this saint of the week, which is Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Saint Maximilian Kolbe is a Polish saint. He lived in, well, Poland because he's Polish, but he was a Franciscan friar during the time of Nazi Germany. And so eventually as a priest, he was rounded up. He was taken to Auschwitz, And while he was there, a prisoner in the concentration camp escaped. So in order to discourage other prisoners from escaping, they rounded up a group of people 
and were going to execute them right on the spot. There was a father in the group, a Jewish father, who was begging them not to do it because he had a family. Maximilian Kolbe willingly stepped in. He offered to die for the man. His offer was accepted. And the man and his family ended up living. They ended up surviving the Holocaust and went to proclaim what that act of love, that laying down of his life meant for them. St. Maximilian Kolbe, although he's certainly known mostly for dying in a concentration camp, he's known for that ultimate lack of self-interest, that ultimate laying down of his life. His life up to that point was fairly sacrificial too. That was the ultimate, the crowning moment. But he was constantly pouring out his love. He actually did a lot of work in media. He was constantly trying to bring God's love into the world. He was especially known as being devoted to the Blessed Mother, to Mary, who emptied herself of everything in order to receive Jesus. And so in this last moment, as he laid down his life for love of this Jewish man, this isn't an amorphous idea. This isn't just kind of the general type of martyrdom where he was like, yeah, I love God, I'll die for him. No, it was Maximilian Kolbe laid down his life for this man. And he showed just how much God loves each of us individually. So St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. My love tap for this week, that part of the episode when I share just one thing that God has done to reveal his love, is that earlier this week, my little sister texted me, it was a Friday night, and she said, hey, um, can I come over and sleep over? I was practically asleep already, but she really wanted to come, so I said, okay. And the next morning, I woke up and didn't really want to do anything and was trying to ask her, you know, should I make pancakes? What what do you want to do? And she said to me, she said, what is it that you want to do? What is it that you need to do? And we just went and we ran errands together. It was this beautiful moment of remembering again that I'm someone who likes to give. I'm someone who likes to be in that position of power. So especially with my little sisters, I like to provide for them. And in that moment, she flipped it and she said, what is it that I, even a 17-year-old, what is a small thing that I can do for you? And she reminded me that I also need to be a recipient. I need to be a recipient first and foremost of God's love in order to share it with others, but that I also need to receive human love, that there's no shame in that, that it's actually extremely beautiful and life-giving. All right, we already prayed. Maybe we should just pray a glory be one more time, offering all of this, all that we are up to the Father, again, showing that we want to empty ourselves so that he will be glorified. We pray glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. This has been Jesus Loves You, This I Know, a podcast on God's love. I am Cecilia Ciccone, and I would like to humbly ask for you to support this podcast. You can do that by sharing it with a friend, by praying for me and for all those who listen, and by donating by Venmo or PayPal at JesusLovesYouPod.com. Org. As always, I would love to connect with you on Twitter or Instagram, where you can find me at CEC squared. And you can also send a message through the podcast website, which again is JesusLovesYouPod.org. All right, that's it for this week. Until next time, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything.